Welcome to the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. Welcome to the Prog Talks, an interview series by the Prog Space where we will be talking to musicians in all corners of the progressive music scene. Welcome back to another episode of The Proc Talks. Um, I'm your host, Dario. And before we get started, I wanted to um, tell you, you can get us a cup of coffee, which would help us out a lot. Uh, see the links in the description. And now um, I'm super happy to welcome Max Mowbury from Others by no one. How are you doing, Max? Welcome to the Proc Talks. <laughs> well, I am. I'm doing wonderful. Honestly, things have been uh, going really great lately. And here I am doing interviews for book two, which uh, makes me really happy, too, because the interest is there and I'm really excited about it. So it's good to see you, Dario. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, it's great to have you on the Proc Talks. And you just mentioned book two um, for those of you out there who haven't heard about Others by no one. Um, your first release was book one. It's kind of a mini album or EP. How would you call it? Uh, I had someone uh, who used to be in the group refer to it as an albumette. And I always thought that was cute. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's it's the closest thing, because if if we were going to do a big full length, we wanted to have the budget and the time and everything. And um, so we kept it short with the first one on purpose. So now we're coming out with our big full first attempt at a concept LP. So that's uh, 75 minutes of crazy music. Uh, book two, where stories come from, is going to drop on October 22nd. Um, you guys are self releasing it, right? Yes. Uh, it's been a big in house project all around, very DIY, making that thing happen. Awesome. Um, just uh, two weeks ago, I think we had uh, Florent from French Weirdos 633 on the show. And now uh, with others by no one, I think that's uh, the, the another band with no boundaries. Uh, and um, you guys already released two singles, uh, Right Side of the Brain and uh, then Well Read. And I think... It, in both singles, but especially in Well Read, which which starts a, a little bit and then like goes crazy in the end. Uh, you, you already have in like five minutes, you have so many uh, different genres and uh, so many crazy things going on. Um, so for someone who, who, have, who has never heard any music uh, from others by no one, how would you describe your music? <laughs> yeah, how would I describe it? Well... Um, for the music of others by no one, uh, we very much came up listening to a lot of progressive rock and progressive metal and those influences on how we structure things are very present, you know, between the buried and me is a big one. Haken is a big one, uh, dream theater, of course. So, um, usually when people ask what we sound like, I try to pick something like that as a point of reference, but as you said, limitlessness <laughs> is, is a big part of our, our MO. Um, it's funny you should mention 633 because uh, they are really, really uh, out there, uh, <laughs> genre-defying band from France. And I've been a fan of theirs for a few years now. And um, I like that whole kind of scene where, like, it's just anything is possible. So I would say we come from a prog metal mentality, um, big, long, structured, uh, thought-out, epic 
goofy, diverse music. Like really everything is on the table with Abno. And uh, I'm excited for people to hear the new record because the singles even are not very indicative of how the entire record sounds. We tried to pick some more metal-ish songs to appeal to the fans of the first record. But um, there's a lot of weird, weird music on book two. And I'm really excited for people to hear that too. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be really interesting uh, to see the the reception, especially with such a huge um, effort and undertaking, and and uh, both in, in 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 I think in terms of how much work you put into it, and also uh, in terms of how yeah diverse it is, uh, and 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 huge as a as a work itself. Um, so um, yeah. Book one was in 2017, and now it's 2021. Um, how were the last uh, couple of years for you, and 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 how did um, yeah the work on book two go? As I see uh, um, in the credits uh, with book one, you were like a four-piece band in the official credits, and now like the bass player and the drummer are listed as guest musicians. So I'm really curious about the how the band um yeah uh, went from book one to book two and how the book two was made sure uh well i'll elaborate a little bit on on the lineup uh so when we began writing this new record uh we had just finished uh work on book one so we've been working on it ever since early 2017 and um over the course of the couple of years after that we had a uh, uh, our original drummer sam uh, went to go to college at the Berkeley College of Music. So he uh, is no longer an official member, but he still does all our studio stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, also during that time, we had a keyboard player come and go. And most recently, our original bassist stepped down to pursue um, comedy stuff. Uh, he, he wasn't oh. as interested in doing, yeah, he wasn't as interested in, in pursuing music at this time. And after the COVID year, I, I understood very much that, uh, if you don't have the passion to do a crazy project like this, um, it can be very draining and it really does uh, usurp a lot of your time and funds and everything. So um, that being said, um, the only members who uh, used to be in the group that contributed to this new one were our ex-bass player Kike and his writing is all over it as well. It was a very collaborative effort that took the better part of a year and a half to two years to write Um And uh, things would have been here sooner than 2021 had COVID not happened because we finished writing it early 2019 and started recording it then. Mm -hmm. But um, early 2020 hit. And as we were finally wrapping up the sessions, because we were doing them all at home in Ohio, in the U.S. where I live, uh, COVID happened. I had to finish the vocals at my apartment. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, being at this point, it's it's been really rewarding, but it does feel like so much has uh, has happened since then. Friends have come and gone. People who are in the credits of the record are people, you know, some of them are old friends. Some of them are new friends. But um, the, yeah, I think the lineup changing was was a big thing for sure, because nowadays the only official members are me and Mike, our guitar player. And uh, we have a slew of people in mind for guest musician spots to fill in on tours for the time being, because mm-hmm. it's just been a, uh, it's kind of become my thing to try and take care of it at this point. I'm very much trying to uh, get book two outright. And I've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure that all that work uh, gets seen as it should. 
But um, yeah, it's it's been a hectic few years. I wish it could have been out sooner because um, I think that when an artist is at, at this point where their thing isn't out yet and it's just been sitting for so long, you know, I've been in a very different place myself uh, <laughs> since the place where I, where I wrote, wrote book two. Um, but at the same time, it's a, a project that will stand as one of the biggest things I've ever done in my entire life. And I'm immensely proud of it. And it represents a big part of, of, I was going to say my twenties, but honestly, my whole life, it's, it's a really interesting record that means a lot to me. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> as you already mentioned at the very beginning, it is, it is of course a concept record and, and, uh, with, with the, um, with the press text or the text that went along where, where, where you, um, told a little bit about um, the, the the concept behind it. Um, it also also reminded me of the new uh, 633 album, which is also a couple of short stories in one particular universe, so to speak. Um, so why don't you, uh, yeah, take us with you into the concept, what inspired it and um, yeah, what is happening there? Sure. Conceptually. So, yeah, conceptually, because um, book two is uh, is very much a trip. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, something I like to do with the music of others by no one is, well, it's in the name to a degree where you have others by no one, where it's the others are the people the songs are about, you know, and, and the authors aren't important. It's really just about the story. So um, the first record we had done was exploring these two people in their relationship And uh, with book two, I tried to explore something similar, except from um, obviously two different character perspectives, because on the first album, it was a mad scientist who was a young man who was trying to bring his sister back no matter how he could and um, cloning her and all these other things and, and learning about this relationship along the way with like this clone and with his sister. And for book two, um, we move on to this character who is an author. Uh, he's a writer who's become super reclusive and uh, has become so caught up in his work that um, he's, he's basically a husk of a person. And as this artist is just, you know, you know, meddling about making work, uh, someone begins to pursue him. Some assailant, some mysterious person threatens him and he goes on the run. And, As he is on the run, uh, he's just always got like a notepad with him and he's writing these stories. So book two, um, several of the tracks are the explorations into this man's psyche through these stories that he's writing, where these stories that were subjected to uh, the author and this is this person who's pursuing him are both inserted into the tales and kind of have to survive the events of the stories in order to move on. So. Uh, There's a lot of layers to the the concept of book two for me, where um, there's the what's happening in the fictional story, you know, that the author is telling. And then there's the actual arc following this character as we find out who this person is, who's chasing him and why. Um, and uh, obviously there's the real world inspirations, like things, interpersonal relationships I've been in, like, you know, my relationship with my identity over the past few years um, is Uh, definitely something I see a lot in the arc of these characters. So um, it's very much a kind of deep dive into a couple of characters and how they see the world um, and 
to a lesser extent how I see the world because it's been a long few years since our first record and a lot's happened to me. So it felt like a good opportunity to kind of be a little cathartic, um, but always I love doing it through stories. I love making characters and um, book two is, uh, uh, like I said, big, lot, lots of, of uh, stuff happening, but I like to think people will be able to identify with it in the same way that I have. Wow, <laughs> that's that's a lot to explore. Um, once book two is out, yeah, it's, it's uh, heavy <laughs> <laughs> and it's metal <laughs> at points. At other points, not so much. Yeah, um, which is the whole fun of it. Uh, yeah, you just mentioned you also your 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 own um, journey, um, um, discovering your own identity. And um, if you don't mind, I would would like to ask you about that um, and and how how the the reception of your friends and in the in the in the scene ha has been. Um, sure. Um, well, I mean, because uh, there there's a lot that goes into um, a person, you know. And uh, when COVID was happening, and I was finishing up this record. Uh, I very much realized that I wasn't going to be able to go into the book two cycle um, as honest of a record as it can be at times. I mean, s some of the most personal stuff that's ever happened to me is on there. And I realized that uh, coming out as um, a non-binary singer, you know, um, was something that I, I could no longer just keep to myself. It was very much, um, I'm putting out this record and I felt like it would be like lying or disingenuous yeah to um not be honest with people <laughs> you know it, it meant a lot to me for people to see the real me with this this album i'm putting out and to be honest um after i came out at the beginning of the year um things have been incredibly affirming um i'm happy to say uh many of my friends uh haven't always been so lucky but my my friends and my family for the most part have, have come to my side and been like you know we we really loved you this whole time. And, um, you know, cause I was, I was scared to come out for sure. But, um, if there's anything I think prog music needs, uh, it's some more good queer representation because it's, um, with the community being so diverse and with the music that people make, like we were talking about being so limitless, um, it's almost surprising to me that more folks aren't out yet, but at the same time, I understand not everybody can be. Um, but it's, uh, I, I I hope that my being out uh, continues to make people feel like they can be comfortable to do so themselves. Because I've had people come to me and say as much. And um, it's honestly been one of the best parts of this year was because I didn't expect to come out and hear people like, hey, you doing it makes me want to continue. Like at first I was just trying to navigate, you know, being a vocalist and hoping people didn't all drop me for, you know, being trans or whatever. Um, but no, um, it's been overwhelmingly positive. It's been great for me. I mean, I'm the happiest I've ever been. And, um, uh, yeah, coming to this point, uh, it, it's been so liberating and I'd like to think book two will be a similarly liberating statement for people. I mean, I also just joined another band recently of, um, uh, mostly queer folks and that as well has been very, uh, It makes me feel like I've been doing the making the right moves in my life um, to surround my people or surround surround myself with good people uh, who treat me the way uh, that I should. So um, 
yeah, I, I like being the front person for a crazy band that's also queer um, because, again, that representation is really important to me. And I, again, I'm just another person doing the thing, you know, and you can, too, if you're out there and, you know, you feel like you can't. It's a uh, it's great. I'm having the best time being myself. Wonderful. That's uh, really, really heartwarming to hear, I think. And also the last years uh, have been quite uh, eye opening to me. And also uh, I, I, I loved seeing the prog scene, the worldwide prog scene embrace um yeah, the queer folks that started to come out like uh, a couple of other um, brilliant uh, and, and really lovely uh, musicians. Um, our, um, our friend Grace Hayhurst also put uh, a, an article on her website, like a proghurst.com. Uh, Rune uh, interviewed Grace Hayhurst, who uh, actually put out her debut EP recently. Um, and she has her own website, uh, Proghurst, and she did a whole article about um, uh, um, uh, queer and LGBTQ um, musicians in the prog scene. And Yeah, uh, and I, I, I love that. that. I love that article. It's a good article. Yeah, and it's 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 it shows how the diverse the scene is, and and I, I'm and I love everything about it because it it makes it 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 yeah it 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 shows that it it the a scene that uh, often is still attached with you know close mindedness and only like uh, music before seventy five was good or whatever um, that that the scene can be open and welcoming for for um, new things that uh, maybe aren't so new in the long run of things, but for a lot of people who have never come into contact with it. Um, are, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And I hope, uh, I hope it's, it's, it's gonna continue like that. Yeah. Well, like you said um, uh, with the, it's funny you mentioned the close mindedness because again, you, uh, I like to think with the concept of progressive music specifically, um, you know, it's inherent in the word, you know, progressive, like different, expanding, you know, it can mean anything. And that's how I feel about myself. And, you know, I feel like Prague can have a, the term Prague can have a stigma at points these days. Um, you know, again, Absolutely. like you said, tied to a particular sound, uh, you know, whether it be the seventies prog rock Genesis and rush or like, you know, the, into the nineties with the modern contemporary stuff, you know, dream theater or maybe periphery. But to me, um, progressive is, is, is supposed to be the lack of, you know, anything, <laughs> you know, like it, I, I myself exist as this chaotic void of a person, you know, I don't see myself under all, you know, my makeup or how I look as anything other than just max. Um, and I'm, uh, <laughs> It's just been nice realizing that and then seeing other people like myself, like you said in that article. Um, I know most of those folks, um, like you know Shelby from Kairos, who I love very. I, what she's doing is great. Um, Lucas from France, big fan. I, I love her too. And um, of course, uh, and Flummox is in there as well. Flummox being the band that I just recently joined, and uh, they have a, a trans femme vocalist as well. So uh yeah just you see it happening more and more and i feel like as the world you know will continue to wake up a bit uh not just in Prague, but all around but i as think the world continues to yeah. progress <laughs> yeah as the world progresses because um it's getting there you know like uh a lot of queer issues are at the forefront of things at the moment um it's at least in the u.s it's still a hot button issue if you will even though you know existences shouldn't be but uh 
yes, uh, I'm very fortunate to be able to work with people who make me feel like I can be myself because, you know, I just put that energy forward. I really want people to be able to be themselves and do music. And uh, the most honest stuff is often some of the best art I've been hearing lately. You know, I just I love my fellow queer artists, you know, and prog people. I really love prog people, you know. Wonderful. Um, I, I just uh, let's let's go back to the to the music. It was uh, wonderful hearing from you uh, this this personal story, um, and and uh, I hope people out there can relate and 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 maybe also learn from it. Um, I I realized um, book two is gonna uh, be out on October twenty second, so that's almost Halloween time, and I think you you, you also love that time of the year. Uh, I would assume somehow, I don't know why. Um, and, and, and this kind of music, this kind of crazy music, I, as we all already talked about 633 and, and like these, you know, just having fun with avant-garde music, whatever, is also like uh, very fitting for this time of the year. Um, was that inten intentional or was it just like, uh, it just happened that, that, that this, Uh, this was becoming the the definite release date. Yeah, I would say it's it's a little bit of both. Um, there was very much a, a drive between Mike and myself to have this out this year, right? Um, because it took forever to get it mixed as a result of COVID as well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we were stuck with delays, honestly, because of Colors 2. Uh, <laughs> between the Buried and me, we're working on their record, and it's just like, all right, well, we don't have a firm deadline so we get backseated a little bit to bt bam understandably so because you know it was a behemoth of a thing i just saw bt bam a couple weeks ago actually and they were great um but once we finally finished the record and we were saying book two 2021 like we gotta we want to get this out before the year is over because people waiting too long we've been waiting too long and the halloween season seemed like a good point um decently before the end of the year so people can give it a listen and put it on their lists and all that um you know so it doesn't just come out in december because some things i feel can sometimes get swept under uh, at the end of the year with the big wash of lists and new things and getting into the next year so halloween seemed a bit appropriately spooky um there's a lot of spooky stuff on book two um uh and uh it just seemed like a A, a good party time you know the album can come out and people will get a chance to uh you know rock into the holidays with something as stupid as what we have but so yeah a, a little bit of a seems like it's right and a little bit of a this needs to be out because i have other things to do right <laughs> i really do <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just mentioned uh between the bird and me and their new album colors too and and how that kind of affected also your uh the, the the mixing and mastering process because uh if i understood right uh jamie king was uh, doing that again like he did with book one uh can you tell us a little bit about the collaboration about working with him uh how was it <laughs> sure <laughs> um jamie king uh industry professional one of the best people i've honestly ever worked with or just I love that man, <laughs> you know, if, if it isn't obvious, uh, his ability to hone in on what can make an album its own sound and also give uh, creative liberties to the people like me, you know, who uh, a lot of producers don't necessarily do that. I mean, I have friends all the time. They're like, you know, 
they basically hand off their recordings to somebody and they kind of are just like at their mercy to a degree as far as revisions and with our music being as crazy it is um as it is we need someone who will uh, let us be hands-on with it um let me be hands-on with all the layers and everything the tons of vocals like what to emphasize and jamie has been nothing but perfect to me um because this isn't our first time working together uh the first time we worked together was um book one and then with our single Onichan, and uh now with this and every single time he's been uh an incredible listener he's been very patient with us um and I, like a, recording with him in the basement as well um for the first record was was a legendary experience getting to be in the same room where all my favorite bt bam albums were made from scratch and the recording studio where my buddies in native construct recorded quiet world and you know like uh all those special spots you see when you watch the documentaries of your favorite bands you've played there or recorded there like the contortionist and uh Jamie in the basement have become a mainstay in my life. Uh, just very, very easy to work with and always good results. And again, lets me be very, uh, in, very involved. I mean, when you listen to these Others by No One projects, for the most part, um, they're a constant back and forth between me and Jamie, um, putting our own stank on it, if you will. <laughs> and um, and, and what, a, what a stank that King has, because I love him, and uh, I'll, I'll sing his praises all day long. Anyone who has uh, any inkling of working with Jamie King, uh, you should do it. I think anyone should give it a shot, because uh, the man deserves the work, and uh, he knows what he's doing. I can say that much. If you are enjoying this interview, please head over to theprogspace.com for more reviews, articles, pictures and interviews all about progressive music. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. theprogspace.com Yeah, another thing that, that that just popped up as you were as we were talking about the release date. Um, uh, you said uh, sometimes albums that come out late in the year might might uh, you know uh, drown a little bit in the end of year hassle with all these lists and whatever uh, going on. Um, and as as someone uh, also like keeping close watch about uh, uh, about anything that gets released um with the prog space um and also making huge lists and 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 countless lists uh culminating in the prog space awards that we did uh, uh last year or at the beginning of this year for 2020 for the very first time um and i'm really looking forward to doing it for the second time uh in the upcoming uh Uh, cycle um uh, i i always think um it can also happen the other way around if you have an, an album coming out in january um there's like in 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 the summer and and fall there's a lot of other impressive stuff coming out that might, and you you might have forgotten the stuff that came came out at the very beginning of the year yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I like to think people are conscious of that stuff, you know. I mean, every single year I listen to, I, I make a big giant list of new stuff to listen to. I listen to hundreds of new records just to, you know, find the one song that makes me go, oh, cool. You know, because, um, because yeah, you really have to keep up with it throughout the year. I, I try to keep my finger on the pulse of things, if you will. Um, But yeah, here, yeah. yeah, like you said, at the end of the year and the beginning of the following year, it's always kind of a mushy couple of months where it's like, oh, well... 
I don't want to listen to an album and then try to put it too high on my list because it's the end of the year. You know, you know, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you already mentioned uh, Flamox, the other band, and and uh, I think it would be very interesting to hear about your other pro projects too, uh, apart from others by no one. Um, so yes. why don't you enlighten us a little bit what, what about all your crazy projects? I'm, I'm really curious about all of them. Uh, maybe starting with Flamox, as you already mentioned them. Sure. Um, people have been asking me for a minute uh, if I was officially involved with Flummox, and um, I made it a post about it about a week or so ago now. It's pretty recent. But um, yeah, as I kind of mentioned earlier, um, I was looking for people uh, to inspire me at the beginning of this year when I had come out as a non-binary vocalist. I was like, I want to see people who are doing what I'm doing. And um, one of the first people that I was uh, introduced to on the internet, um, I came into contact with someone named Allison Blake Dellinger, and she is the bassist and lead singer for Flummox. And um, just by virtue of being a trans person on the internet and a musician, like you get known as an advocate pretty quickly because you're obviously, you know, want to further your own rights and stuff. Um, but also you're a musician and you need to sell yourself. So like you're out there a lot, but you're also, you know, saying what you need to say because, uh, you know, because we, we aren't at equality yet. So she was doing the thing and uh, it was very inspiring to me. So I wanted to become friends uh, with her. And as we kind of got to know each other on the internet, I ended up coming down for a couple of gigs, uh, not with Flummox, but for other reasons uh, over the summer as COVID was uh, finally allowing concerts to be a thing again. And um, it was just supposed to be a couple of one-off things where like we met and we worked together a little bit. But got along super well. Um, I met the rest of Flummox when I was down for these things. And um, I, we just hit it off uh, because, um, as I kind of mentioned earlier, Others by No One at the moment doesn't have a fully-fledged, dedicated official lineup. It's basically just me, and then there's Mike, and then uh, there's the people that we've been hiring for live stuff that we're getting ready for um, touring, you know, hopefully the end of this year or early next year. But Flummox is a band. Uh, and um, walking into a band scenario again was very rewarding for me because I have so many things in my head, so many musical ideas and uh, theatrical ideas. And Flummox is very much a, hmm, it's a Zappa-esque uh, smorgasbord. I've heard somebody use the word genre fluid. Um, if our vocalist Allie came up with that, then I'm going to have to give her a pat on the back for that one because genre fluid is about as accurate as it gets. I mean, uh, the music of Flummox, there's anything from death metal to doom to bluegrass to um, straight up progressive rock now and again. Um, silly children's music, like, um, and again, lots of theatrical live bits. Like we sacrifice a baby on stage and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very Alice Cooper. My mom doesn't like that part. And um <laughs> Gosh, and uh, what's the other big thing? Oh, and our, our, our singer Allie puts a possum mask on and rolls around in garbage in a trash can. So um, uh, it's it's very much I got involved with them because I want to try and do these sorts of things with Obno, but um, Obno is very much my baby where I have uh, a lot of ideas for how the stage show can go and flummox again. I can just walk in and contribute to that world because there's a bunch of really talented people there too. Like, um, I don't know if you know Edge of Reality, um, but, uh, their, their guitarist, Joey and our 
our keyboardist, Jesse, have worked together uh, and having Jesse's uh, expertise in Flummox was another reason I really got interested in being involved because everyone's incredibly brings their own skills to the table in this group. But um, having that kind of sound design production mentality uh, within it has really helped expand the sound a lot. Like um, we'll have some live videos coming out soon. And I joined the band in time to uh, contribute to their the mixing of their new record and do a few MIDI things and guitar things. And um, I'm just as excited about Flummox uh, right now, I think, as Obno because there's, they have a lot of ambition. I mean, they're based in the Nashville area in Tennessee in the U.S., which is a mecca for music. Um, we've already done about four or five gigs together that have gone really well. And um, like I said, um, after a point when I got confident enough in myself to be more um, out as myself, um, I realized that our um, the queer folks in our band were just doing the same thing I was doing and weren't necessarily like uh, above me, if you will, because um, it can feel that way when you're coming out, you need people to look up to. But instead of looking up to them now, they're just friends of mine and uh, they've allowed me to be a strong creative presence. And I think having someone on stage who's just as crazy as me, that's a trans femme non-binary vocalist uh, has been really exciting. So um, uh, between Obno and Flummox, I'm pretty satisfied right now um, as far as the artistic stuff because they let me be me to the fullest extent. And um, uh, the stuff we're working on, I think, is going to be just as mind-blowing as some of the Obno stuff you're about to hear. So Flummox Wonderful. 2022 <laughs> is going to be a big year for us, I think. Great. Um, so, yeah, you also are singing in a System of a Down tribute band. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, we've done a few sh a few shows where I've been the, the Serge, you know, and um, that has been the incredibly <laughs> the, 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 I'm in, on the Serge of, uh, of the System of a Down thing. And that was super fun because I got approached by some local musicians just to do. Uh, they're like, well, we're all in a band. So why don't you just come be the singer? And because our other uh our guitar player in the system of a down band uh, does a great Darren. He does <laughs> it, like, so it, it, it worked out perfectly. There's a bassist, a drummer, and then there's a singer who plays guitar and sounds like Darren. And then I do a good surge. So um, we've done a few shows, big, big, long shows. Um, I'm hoping to get some more footage from the one we just did a week or so ago. But um, I mean, we did like 22 songs. It's like hour and a half shows, deep cuts, obviously a bunch of big tunes, but they're one system of a down or one of those bands where I swear to God, every single song, like people love their entire discography front to back. And, um, whenever we do leave stuff out, we always get people who come up. You didn't do this one. I'm like, we, we played 22 songs. <laughs> like it's, it's wild, but, um, yeah, the, the system of a down thing's been fun. Uh, I like putting on big giant kind of, shows where we do music that maybe I've always wanted to do or uh, maybe would never get performed otherwise. You know, I love hooking up with people and doing little one-offs. Again, that's how I got involved with the Flummox thing. It was just going to be a Ronnie James Dio tribute show. And uh, I was going to do a couple tunes. And then... Um, ah, yes, yes. That's, that. I, I was just thinking uh, somewhere I saw you posting some snippets of, uh, you know, some some cover versions and I... And, and I didn't remember what it was, but now I remember it was some rainbow stuff. And yeah, it was a, the drummer for rainbow actually played with us, which was super wild. Like people wow. who played with, uh, 
Richie Blackmore and big giant rock and metal legends. I mean, I just had to keep my cool about the whole thing because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I like to think I can turn that switch when I meet people who are, are much bigger bananas than me, uh, <laughs> who I'm just like, oh, goodness gracious. Uh, like I can't just panic. I, I was the same way when I met Richard from from Haken. I mean, um, one of the first things that he did was tell me how much he liked book one. And I was just like, you know, I had to put my uh, – my networking cap on and be like, well, thank you. I, th- I think the record was, uh, we produced it with Jamie King. Is. <laughs> but, you know, on the inside, I'm just like, ah, I'm screaming. Um, you know, and it was that way with the rainbow guy. But yeah, that, that was how all that got started too. Yeah. Just um, trying to do a little one-off thing. I drove down to Nashville and uh, met Flummox. Um, uh, now we're here. A, a little bit of a, maybe ignorant a European question. How far is it? <laughs> Like sure. From, no, from, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, no. So, so I live in Ohio, which is in the middle of nowhere, mostly. Um, I mean, there's some good art scenes, but um, Nashville and where they live is about five or six hours south, um, uh, which isn't super bad for me because I have a place to stay when I'm down there. And I usually hang out there for a couple of weeks and we get some work done. At least that's what we've been doing. So, um, awesome. uh, yeah, it's, it's not the end of the world. Like if they were out in California or something, pfft, I mean, West, West Coast United States. Um, but yeah, no, Nashville isn't too too hateful. Yeah, cool. Uh, a little question on the side. Would you consider System of Down to be Prague? I mean, That's a, you good don't quest- have, That's a great you, question. You don't have to, to categorize everything, but I always thought they were at least... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, prog adjacent or like yeah. like prog related or anything like. Uh, they did something different, and and they were not afraid to experiment, right? Yeah, as I understand that the concept of prog, as I was kind of saying at the top, like prog limitlessness, newness, something you haven't heard before. And if there's one thing I would describe System of a Down as, it's still a band that has yet to be uh, matched in some way. Um, Like even people who kind of emulate that sounds, I don't think <laughs> can necessarily say it's a a ripoff or anything close to what they were pulling off. I would say that System of a Down um, are progressive, but also at the same time, I wouldn't say they're a prog band because again, prog has almost a a stigma to it. So it's yeah. like I I don't know if you would say System fit within the prog community, but. Um, As far as the stuff they've done, I mean, the lyrics and the diversity and the silliness and the, the I don't know, they're a group that are fearless, um, every one of those guys. So, yeah, I, I think they stick closer to the concept of prog than many progressive artists themselves would uh, could honestly deserve. But, yeah, they're, they're one of my favorite bands. It, it was a match made in heaven for me to have the opportunity to sing some of those songs on a stage because, dear God, I, I love it. It's a big influence on me. Great. Uh, speaking of influences, I think you can also get a really good uh, glimpse of uh, some of your favorite artists checking out your YouTube channel where you also put, put out uh, a lot of crazy covers from Cardiax or Mr. Bungle or also did the whole Native Construct album, uh, which was a huge undertaking, of course. Um, so I, I, I would also think that, that this would be like, um, like a standalone artistic um, outlet for you uh, that's worth a mention and to look into uh, how you produce these things and how you uh, approach, um, yeah, feeding your YouTube channel. 
Yeah, I, I um, YouTube was a big passion of mine as as a teenager, as it is for probably a lot of people, and I kind of took a break from it. Um, but when when COVID struck, I really got back into the like covering the stuff I love because I love doing performances of songs that mean a lot to me. And like I was saying a couple minutes ago, stuff that may not get performed anymore, like um, Cardiacs, for instance, huge band that's near and dear to my heart. Really, really wacky out there. Um, Un- undefined, you know, like a Brit prog, if you will. And their singer passed away last year. And it's very much a who knows if they'll ever perform that stuff again, you know. So I try to keep stuff like that alive on my YouTube. And when COVID happened, it was a good opportunity to get back to editing things and doing everything myself because I was relying heavily on other people to make my videos like for Obno. And I was like, no, I- I've got too many ideas to be forced to turn to people whenever I need to make a project. So uh, my YouTube is is a home for a lot of my projects that aren't my studio releases. Um, my so- Most of my solo stuff is is on my YouTube or my Bandcamp, and that's it. It's not streaming or anything. And um, like you said, the Native Construct thing was a big undertaking. I'd like to do more streams like that soon where I perform like whole records. I've got a couple of Devin Townsend records in mind. But um, yeah, it's a big home for the the things that I love to do because uh, I love making videos um, almost as much as making music these days because it's a very different and sometimes less draining thing to just sit there and edit, pull things together. Um, I'm very happy with my YouTube channel because I'd like to become more known as just a person who does a lot of things and not just uh, not just for the Opno stuff, you know, with it, flummox it, and with it, doing yeah, my. Yeah, you just mentioned Devin, and I I, I remember this uh, reaction video Devin did where. He, he watched uh, a video of you performing one of his songs uh, that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, th- that was that was one of the coolest things ever, though. Yeah, the my buddies at Gear Gods uh, set up that whole thing where he was going to watch his own stuff, and they they slipped me in there. And <laughs> you got Devin Townsend, you know, I, I like your balls, Max. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, that, that man... <laughs> means uh means a lot to me he's a big influence like i would say serge for me as a young person but devin for me is a from my teen years onward uh huge like again very affirming person so to hear him say such nice stuff you know like you almost lost your glasses max (laughs) and i'm just like (laughs) uh absolutely a riot that that made me happy to see i hope we can maybe we'll do something together in the future even though i bet devin would probably hate what i do um (laughs) Well, maybe not hate, but I know that um, he's the type of guy who when he has five minutes to himself, he's probably listening to something that, you know, either is super chill or he's listening to the silence. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Obno in particular might be a bit uh, much for him. But uh, I, I would love if he heard it. You know, I would be very happy to work with him because he's a hero of mine. Absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned more chill stuff. Um, I mean, you your um, solo EP Daysor is described as noise, noise ambient, but it I don't think it's chill out music, right? Some of it. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it's not very chill. <laughs> but no, I love the Daysor stuff. That, that was another like COVID thing where I just wanted to uh, get my solo uh, work out there more. I have tons of ideas that I feel like uh, could go through my main band first. And especially with me being the primary creative force behind Obno, um, it's possible will uh, my solo stuff will end up getting released through that channel as well. 
Um, just just seeing what works for the Obno name and what doesn't, because I don't mind releasing stuff as myself. But yeah, uh, I took on I, I love noise music. I just want to put that out there. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, re- I love really, really chill, like ambient, like Enya music. And um, you know, I, I'm a big fan De- of those. Devin loves that, too. Right? <laughs> yeah, that, that was a big uh, avenue for me to get into that type of music to begin with was Devin had records that uh, were essentially easy, you know, easy listening or super calm or, you know, the Hummer, which is basically just, you know, <laughs> you sit there and you kind of have a moment and it's really chill. But I also love destructive apocalyptic noise, <laughs> like uh, the loudest stuff I've ever mixed in my life. Like I, I actually, um, uh, almost decided to master my noise stuff with Lucas from France. Oh, look, ghost. I was hoping that's what you were pulling out. I was just listening to that this morning to fall asleep. But, um, oh, nice. but yeah, no, uh, not to elaborate too much on day sore. Cause I'm kind of, I had my noise uh, period with that where it was a lot of improvised ambient noise sessions. But um, yeah, I was almost considering mastering it with Lucas, um, Lucas De La Rosa, Mm-hmm. And um, we we traded it back and forth for a little bit, and she was like, "I don't know if it needs it. I think that this uh, solo EP you made is so intentional in how intense it gets um, mm-hmm. that trying to uh, round it out would ultimately like we mutually agreed that it, it didn't really need it. I just uh, I I just <laughs> I'm very proud of that record. Um, it's something that uh, came you together just, pretty you just quickly. Just wanted to work with her, right? <laughs> that's a big well uh, yeah (laughs) i mean you can go back to that Proghurst article like any one of those queer folks in there are people i love and just want to work with i mean like i I joined flummox i talked to lucas i talked to shelby i would love to and uh, azure is do you know azure they're absolutely i oh my god that's they're another one that's in there like um oh christopher i'm a huge fan of them and uh that record was another big one for me like i would love to work with them too but um yeah i really just wanted to collab with some people so i was like lucas you want to you want to do some stuff she's like nah and i'm like nah you're right but um <laughs> but yeah thing that, came together quickly for during the halloween season last year and um got it out there it was a little personal moment for me before i tackled some more of my uh, more prog solo stuff yeah cool yeah we're, we're slowly reaching the end of the interview but there's one question i also asked uh, uh florent from 633 and that would be, uh, as we, we we already talked about some of your biggest influences, but what, what was the last musical discovery that kind of blew you away out of the blue? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've been listening to a lot of cool stuff lately um, that's really out there, like um, not like the most avant-garde, like, uh, you know, scraping plate sounds or like Mike Patton stuff or whatever, but um, um gosh, who I've been listening to. I've been really digging old lady drivers. Um, they're, they're really interesting, like old grindcore, old grindcore band, old lady drivers, um, kind of comedy grindcore. They turned into like a synth band. Um, oh, wow, interesting. Yeah, they're very weird. I do recommend them. Um, uh, my friend, well, Allie from Flummox just showed me a band called Crotch Duster, who I think is pretty interesting. They kind of blew me away. I think Ripper Owens sings for them um, or did. I don't know. But um, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. I have to say the biggest thing that blew me away in the last couple of years was was Cardiacs, who I mentioned a bit earlier. Um, they somehow flew under my radar for a very very long time, and um, somebody when I was at a uh, well, I was seeing Free Salamander exhibit a couple of years ago, who are an offshoot of another one of my favorite weird bands, uh, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. Uh, 
they're all friends of mine and we're all hanging at this show. And another one of my friends is there and says, you, you like cardiacs, right? I'm like, you know, Mr. Bungle, you know, ween, you have to like cardiacs. I'm like, I never heard of him. And he, he was like freaking out. And, um, cardiacs for sure, uh, made me love music again. Um, they have like a singular vision, um, in the form of their main guy who was Tim Smith. And, um, his sound is something I've never encountered. Like his ability to layer things and uh, make st- and structure music appeals to my brain. Like it clicks. I feel like a lot of Cardiacs fans are that way because I'm pretty involved in their online community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually got um, some really good um, responses from a couple people in the band, including Tim's brother um, on some of the Cardiac stuff I've done. And, right. um, yeah, it's, it's really important to me to keep that music alive because it changed my perspective. I didn't think I would fall in love with the band so hard again. Like as you get older, you kind of go, well, this band brings something to the table that I like. So I'll listen to them, but I don't know if I, I love them, but, uh, Cardiacs, <laughs> I will talk about them and their side projects um, all day long. I mean, I listened to them almost every day for two years after I discovered them and, uh, yeah, especially I, if you I, yeah. if you're listening to so much new music that like like you do or or I do as well, it's 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 hard to really fall in love with a band uh, like almost obsessively. <laughs> yeah, especially a band that's that's uh, done making music. You know, like um, just yeah. going back through a band's discography that you've never tackled before. Um, you know, it's not impossible, but it very much is like they came along and I expected just be like, Oh, this is cool. And it became a, um, a consuming thing. Uh, they, they are, which is strangely enough is they haven't super impact impacted my writing, but, um, maybe in the future you'll hear more of it or it'll be there in subtle ways. Cause they have such a specific sound that I, I feel a lot of their people who are openly fans of them almost try to do that sound. And, uh, it takes away from both things, I think, to try and copy cardiacs. Um, so the way he puts things together makes sense to me. And I think that that clicking so much, um, I don't know. I love coming across people that make me feel uh, it's affirming. Again, Cardiacs was a big one. Uh, Native Construct was a huge one, you know, because they were coming along doing the same thing just as we were. And it was like, wow, there's a market for this. Um, and Flummox too, again, on the experimental, open-minded and, uh, you know, free to be yourself and limitless side. So, um, cardiacs is, a, is, is, um, a band I'll probably never stop loving. I'll probably listen to them every week until the day I die. I recommend anyone who likes them or sorry, anyone who's into, um, just listen to cardiacs. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, that's all. It's, it's good to the end of the interview. I'm sitting here belaboring the point. It's like, no, cardiacs are wonderful and you should listen to um, them. Give, it, give them a shot. To, to, uh, to, be, to be honest, I have to admit that this is a journey I still have to take. Um, sure. But um, it, it's I, a lot. I, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can uh, fit them into my holidays or something. <laughs> I, I do recommend they're, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> I do hope it's not as uh, their discography is not a, as extensive as the, let's say, King Crimson Live archives on uh, DGM. <laughs> they got a good amount, but it's easy to, to sort through and kind of pick a spot. I mean, I didn't, even the first time I checked out Cardiacs, didn't, didn't love it. It was very, uh, there's so much going on. Um, all, and that's why it reminds me of, of like, it makes sense to me. Cause I try to do the same thing in Obno where there's a million things happening. 
Um, and what, once you sit there and you parse it and you just have to sit back and enjoy the beauty of how it all comes together. Cardiacs definitely figure out a beauty to um, their, the way they structure songs. And uh, that's what I'm always looking for is uh, in my stuff that isn't chaotic, hectic noise, ambient uh, stuff. <laughs> I like my rock and my metal to be well put together. And they certainly bring that. Wonderful. Last question uh, is the eternal airport question. Artist, musician, which way, which would you prefer? <laughs> Artist or musician? <laughs> I, was, I was asked that at an airport um, in London. I was there, actually, uh, funny enough, I was there doing interviews for Obno and a couple other things. And um, the man at the desk was like, Artist, musician? I wrote that as my profession. And they were like, which do you prefer? And I was like, um, <laughs> I think, um, artist, if, if I'm being honest, because yeah, I do music, but I do so much else. I love art. I love entertaining. I love amusement, whether it's for myself or for others. And, um, I think I'm always going to be making stuff as long as I live. So a musician is very much a part of that. And it's integral to who I am and how I interact with people and how I create. Um, but again, it's just a part. Uh, I just like art. I like artists and I'm looking forward. A big part of what I do is just so I can continue to work with other artists. And, uh, you know, as long as I'm able to keep making things and surviving, making things, uh, I'll be as happy as I can possibly be. So. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much, Max, for being on the prog talks. It was a great talk. Um, yeah, good prog talks. We're closer now than we've ever felt. Right. Um, yes. Book two comes out October 22nd. Um, this episode is going to drop a week earlier. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys out there for listening. Um, yeah. Check out Max's uh, YouTube and uh, Obno's and Flamox um, socials. We're going to uh, link everything uh, right here, everywhere in the description, of course. Um Check them out. They're amazing uh, uh, artists. <laughs> lots um, coming up for sure. And uh, yeah, lots of stuff coming up um, from the various projects. Um, again, thank you so much uh, for listening. Um, and if you like what we're doing, please give us a like and subscribe to our channels. You know the drill. And as I mentioned earlier, you can also buy us a cup of coffee now. Uh, also find the link and everything in the description. For now, that's it. Uh, um, um, uh, thank you again, Max. It was, it's been wonderful. Um, until next time. Until next time. Stay safe and keep spreading that prog love. The Prog Talks, produced by the Prog Space. Main host, Rune Bensvik-Reynos. Produced by Rune Bensvik-Reynos, Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munovitz. This was the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. See you in a week.